This is a Willits Point Shea Stadium bound 7 express train. The next and last stop is Willits Point Shea Stadium. Welcome to another episode of the Subway to Shea podcast. Anthony Rivera here with you discussing all the news and happenings surrounding that team from Queens, the New York Mets. You can follow the show on Twitter at Subway to Shea. Listen and subscribe to the show on Anchor.fm, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, Breaker, and Pocket Cast. And also, please take a few minutes to write me a review, let me know what you think of the show. I know they have it on Apple Podcasts where you can leave, I guess it's stars, whether you like the show, don't like the show, let me know. I want to know how I can improve it, how I can make it better, so that all of the Mets fans can enjoy this show. And it was a busy, busy, busy time since the last time I've talked with you guys. And finally, we have a answer to the Trevor Bauer situation. Trevor Bauer's decision, kind of just like LeBron James in basketball making his decision, choosing the Los Angeles Dodgers in a YouTube video trailer on his YouTube page. And that's how he showed that he was not coming to the New York Mets. That whole process from, I want to say, Thursday on was just nerve-wracking, constantly checking Twitter. I know Thursday, Bob Nightingale jumped the gun saying that the Mets had signed Trevor Bauer. He ended up being wrong, just like a lot of other reporters this offseason. But he apologized a few days later, and I will give him the benefit of the doubt, but man, have these reporters had a rough time with where these players are going to be signing this year. Right now, we should have Brad Hand and Trevor Bauer on our team but they signed elsewhere. Now, Rachel Luba tweeted out that the she says, Mets fans, y'all will forever hold a special place in my heart. Thanks for all the great memes and photoshops. You can hate us, but we still love you. I mean, originally on Friday when we found out what was going on and found out that Trevor Bauer decided to go to LA, I was very upset. I was very frustrated. I was very angry. I think I put it in a tweet. F Trevor Bauer, see how many likes I could get for that. And you know, sometimes I get a little too into my head. I get frustrated real quick. And I need to think about these things and take some time to process everything that went down. And I can't fault her for doing her job, getting Trevor the most money, the definitely the most AAV any pitcher has gotten. But my problem came more with they say it wasn't trolling but I kind of felt like it was a little bit of trolling. So let's look back Friday afternoon where we were told that the Mets had made an ultimatum. They didn't make an ultimatum and Trevor was going to make his decision. Check it out on YouTube. People were posting pictures from his website and this is where the problem comes for me. There were signed Mets hats or there was a signed Met hat that he was giving away. Fine. Then there was an email. If you signed up for his email list, he said he'll be coming to Queens soon. I'll see you guys there. 
that's where it gets a little sketchy. But the big problem I had was that he had these t-shirts and someone screenshotted it. It was a few t-shirt concepts for Met fans. And it was him in New York or him having a phrase about, you know, playing for the Mets. And then they get taken off the website and all of a sudden now he's on the Dodgers. So you give the hope that you're coming to the Mets, that he's going to sign with the Mets, and then they snatch it from you. Those two days of dealing with the whole Trevor Bauer situation was a little wild, a little crazy. I'm glad that it's over and done with. I'm over it now. I know for most of the weekend I was very frustrated, and I know a lot of Mets fans were frustrated, but we got through it. You know, he apologized in multiple tweets to the Mets fans about all the leaks and the website issues he was having. And good for him, he's donating to four New York-based nonprofits. I do like that, that he's doing that. But I don't know how much I buy his apology. Let's face it. He didn't want to play here. He didn't want to play in New York. I think all along, he wanted to play in Los Angeles. But he used the Mets as a bargaining chip. Why? Because of Steve Cohen. The Mets have the most money out of all Major League Baseball teams because of Steve Cohen. And I think... He wanted to see how much he could drive the price up, and he did that. I think he was going to find out how far the Dodgers were going to go. He was going to sign with them anyway, but he wanted to see how much money he could get out of them through the Mets because the Mets offered him more money. Maybe not yearly, but overall, the Mets offered him about, I want to say, is it $3 million more? He got offered a ton of money from the Mets. It was around 105, and then I think the Dodgers offered him 102, but it was the yearly AAV which changed things. I think the Dodgers offered him more up front, so he took that, but he was going to take it anyway. I think even Sandy Alderson said he's never gotten this far in a free agent process where he has not signed the player following all these negotiations. So that's how close that the Mets thought they had him. We all thought we had him. All the signs were pointing to it. But the longer it took for him to make a decision, the more the fans started to feel and I started to feel that he was going to be a Dodger. But in my opinion, the Mets could have been better with Trevor Bauer, but now they are better off without him. His personality, his media presence would have gotten really tired here in New York. And that's probably why the Mets offered him all those opt-outs. There was already reporters and fans who are not in favor of having Trevor Bauer on this team just because of his media presence and his personality. Fans were split right down the middle, 50-50. Sign Trevor Bauer, don't sign Trevor Bauer. I can't remember a time where there was a player that was this, I guess, divisive with the fans. You either want him because he pitches well, you don't want him because you don't think he's a great pitcher and his media presence wasn't great, It was a wild, wild, wild weekend. This is not a big loss, though, Met fans. I'm going to tell you that right now. Would he have made the rotation better? Absolutely. Abso-frickin-lutely. He would have made this rotation better. But we already have a great rotation. You got the best pitcher in baseball, the two-time Cy Young Award winner, Jacob deGrom, right at the head of the table. You have Marcus Stroman resigning, and I sincerely see him having a really big season this year. It's a contract year. I'm pretty sure he's ready to go. Sounds healthy. I'm looking for good things from Marcus Stroman. Then you got Cookie Carrasco, Carlos Carrasco, who we got from the Cleveland Indians. 
in the Francisco Lindor trade. He's been solid most of his career. That's your three top pitchers. And on top of that, Noah Syndergaard's going to be returning from Tommy John. Obviously, you don't want to count on him too much, and you don't want to push him so hard. This is also a contract year for him, though, and he's going to have to pitch very well if he wants to get a lot of money. Throughout his career, he's been better than Trevor Bauer. His stats show that he is better than Trevor Bauer. He should be getting more money than Trevor Bauer this time next year. But with Tommy John, we don't know how he's going to come back. Matt Harvey seemed to have done well when he came back right after Tommy John's surgery. And I think Syndergaard will do the same as well. He's a hard worker. He's been really getting himself ready and trying to get back early, which I hope he does and I hope he takes his time. But once he returns to the rotation, that's a positive. And then you also have David Peterson. We can't forget how well he pitched last year. Him and Jacob deGrom held down the rotation. It was basically just the two of them because everyone else was just awful. I'm ready to go do battle with this rotation. If this is where it had to stop, if we weren't going to get any more pieces for the rotation, I am okay going into the season with Jake, with Stroh, with Cookie, with uh, David Peterson, and when Thor returns back, you know, himself. But the Mets have added depth. They've added Lucchese. They've added Yamamoto. They've got pieces that in case these pitchers get hurt, which I hope they don't, you know, knock on wood, they don't get hurt. They still have depth this year. Something they didn't have last year, and which was the reason why they didn't make the playoffs. You know, when you move Seth Lugo, who's his best spot, is in the bullpen. When you move him to the rotation, he struggles in the rotation, and now you have the bullpen struggling. That's an appetite for disaster. This year, though, the Mets have added a lot of depth, and we're going to be talking about that more as we move on in the show. So what's next for the Mets? They can still add another starting pitcher. There's still plenty of starting pitchers out there. Jake Arrieta, James Paxton, Taiwan Walker, Rich Hill, Jake Odorizzi. Those guys are still out there. And I, like I said before, I'm fine with what we have already, but I could see the Mets adding. Actually, Hill would probably be the one I would go after. Now, I know he's the oldest of the bunch, but he's been very successful throughout his entire career. I know he's been a little injury prone, but if he could hang on till Syndergaard gets back, and then you can throw Hill in the bullpen, I mean, how better can this rotation get? And then you look, when you go into the playoffs, you want to have about four starters, and the Mets already have that at the moment. You got to think that if the Mets get into the playoffs, it's going to be Jake, Stroh, Cookie, and Thor. I think this team is ready to roll. I do like they keep making additions to the team, but I think right now they're ready to roll. I know a lot of fans are not impressed with what the Mets have done this offseason, and it boggles my mind. They've done so much. They just didn't make that big free agent signing. Whether you count James McCann as the big free agent signing, that's up to you. But a lot of fans are upset that the Mets didn't make this huge free agent signing. They got Francisco Lindor, who might be better than all those free agents that were available. And I've said this before. The biggest contract the Mets can give out this offseason is extending Michael Conforto. Before this season gets underway, I think the Mets should extend Michael Conforto and get it done with. 
Why do I say that? Well, next offseason, when Conforto and Lindor and Stroman and Syndergaard, when they hit free agency, if they do, I'm pretty sure a lot of people are going to be going after them. Pitching is hard enough to come by as is. But if I had to make a decision on who I'm going to sign right now, that's Michael Conforto first. You look into next offseason and you see what outfielders they have available. Really, Charlie Blackman's the only one? The rest are not on the level of Michael Conforto. And I know people are going to say, well, what about Francisco Lindor? Well, if the Mets don't sign Francisco Lindor, there's a possibility, and I'm not saying they're, they're going to definitely be free agents because they could sign during the year. They could sign now. They could be traded and then signed. But as of right now, next season's shortstops in free agency, Corey Seager, Carlos Correa, Javier Baez, Trevor Story, and Francisco Lindor. You can definitely get one of those shortstops, any one of them. And I would want to see how Francisco Lindor plays in New York first before signing him. We already know what Michael Conforto is. He's a homegrown player, something that Sandy and Steve have talked about. They want to keep their homegrown players, something that the Mets have really not done. They barely done it. David Wright feels like one of the only players and Aid Cranepool. They didn't keep Seaver. They didn't keep Strawberry. They didn't keep Doc. They didn't keep Jose. This could be the first player that they do this to. Keep Conforto. Keep Syndergaard if he comes back healthy. And now that they didn't sign Bauer, there's an opportunity for them also to retain Stroman if he plays well. And then a couple years down the line, if DeGrom is still pitching well, I want to see DeGrom retire as a Met. But first things first, let's extend Michael Conforto this offseason. If there's any big contract that they're going to give out this offseason, now that all of the big free agents are gone, sign Michael Conforto. Get it done with. At least move into the offseason next year knowing that Michael Conforto's locked in and ready to go. The Mets made some minor moves, but I think they're pretty decent depth moves. And I mentioned that earlier. I said we were going to talk about depth. And that's what we're talking about right now. The Mets on Sunday signed Albert Almora Jr. He's center fielder. He's going to be making $1.25 million plus incentives. He struggled in 2020. 1.67 batting average and 1 RBI. Career average, 271. 28 homers, 134 RBIs. A 309 on base percentage. And 398 slugging. He's not here to start. Let's get that right out the bat. If anything, he's platooning with Brandon Nimmo in center field. Now, I know a lot of people are not happy about this. They wanted George Springer. People wanted Jackie Bradley Jr. But to be honest, I like Nimmo's bat. And you got to get it in the lineup. And if this is the way right now, I think I'm fine with it. Nimmo and Dom Smith need to be in the lineup. And without a DH, one's going to have to play center. One's going to have to play left field. And I'm pretty sure once... Pete Alonso needs a break. Dom will move to first. You can move Nimmo to left, put Almore Jr. in center. I think this will work out, and it's a good piece for the bench. Not only did they add Almore Jr. to the bench, but they added Jonathan VR. Utility man. He steals bases. He plays all infield positions. Nice compliment to Luis Guillorme. He's going to be making $3.55 million plus incentives. His career batting average, 259 80 home runs, 283 RBIs, 218 stolen bases. Remember we said he's one of the fast ones. 3.2 uh 
327 on base percentage of 400 slugging. Now, he stole 62 bases in 2016 with Milwaukee and another 40 in 2019 with Baltimore, which those two years are his best statistically. Speed, utility, nice piece to go with Luis Guillerme. You're going to have Tomas Nito also on the bench. We mentioned Almore Jr., possibly Heredia. Um, I'm pretty sure a combination of J.D. Davis, Brandon Nimmo, and Dom Smith will be going in and off the bench. Let's not forget, Dom Smith came off the bench a lot in 2019, and he played well. Every opportunity that he got, he played well. So I'm not worried about Dom coming off the bench. I prefer him in the starting lineup. But let's not forget, he played well in 2019, which then translated into a great 2020 with a DH and playing first. I want his bat and I want Nimmo's bat in the lineup. And if Nimmo has to play center field for now, so be it. He gets on base. That's what we need. He's a good hitter. He's young. These guys are young. This is a young Mets team. They're not old anymore. Let's see what they can do. Maybe they can improve. MLB Network had him as the fifth best center fielder. I know it's mostly for offense, but let's see what he can do. If you can't do something in your job or you're struggling, you can't learn to become better? If I'm struggling here making this podcast, I can't improve myself? Come on, guys. Let's let's give the man a chance. Let's see what he can do. And who knows? Maybe the Mets do go after Jackie Bradley Jr. eventually. He's still out there, and it's still possible. Moving on to some baseball news, the Pakoda predictions came out for the NL East, and they have the New York Mets finishing first. They have Washington in second, Philadelphia in third, Atlanta in fourth, and Miami in fifth. Now, I'll take that any day of the week. But to be fair, I don't know how Atlanta dropped all the way to fourth. I don't know how that's possible, especially being a few innings away from going to the World Series, their team's stacked. I still see them maybe winning the division this year. And I would put New York Mets and Washington Nationals close to each other because they have really good rotations. Philadelphia, you know, you got Harper, you got Nola, DD's back, Joe Girardi's managing. Did they improve the bullpen enough? I don't know. Can Miami replicate what they did last year? I mean, they still didn't finish well. But they somehow made the playoffs in the shortened season. That's got to translate to something. So these predictions are what they are, predictions. I wouldn't mind them coming true, but I highly doubt they finish that way. Before we wrap up the show, MLB and the Players Association have come down with their uh, rules slash protocol for COVID this season. The seven-inning doubleheaders return. I like that move. I know a lot of people don't. They're not a fan. You're either a fan of the changes or you just want baseball to stay the same forever. I really don't mind the seven inning doubleheaders, especially in a 162 game season now. It's long. Runner on second base in extra innings, that's returning as well. That I'm not too big of a fan of. But if it keeps the players safe, who am I to argue? No ruling yet on the DH or expanded playoffs, which boggles my mind. That's something that they should have done separately once the offseason was over. You have the DH in the American League, but you have no DH in the National League. Don't ride this out. If there's not going to be a DH, say so. Don't say, oh, we are going to 
act like there's going to be no DH. And then what? Change it to there being a DH right before the beginning of the season? You can't do that. Teams need to make their rosters. If, if there's going to be a DH, maybe the Mets could have gone after Jackie Bradley Jr. Maybe they could have go after a Justin Turner, who they're still looking at. But if there's no DH, where are you going to put these guys? The American League has no problem with this because they always have the DH. You either implement it or you don't. Don't string this out. Also, I think I said no expended playoffs. That is what it is. I, I don't care for it. Either way, if they bring it back or they don't, but um, it, it is what it is with expanded playoffs. You you either like it, like I said, you either like these rules or you don't. So that's going to wrap up the show for today. Like I've mentioned before, do me a favor, please leave a review. Whatever platform you listen to, please leave a review. Let me know what you think of the show, whether you like it, whether you dislike it, where I can improve, because I only want to make this show better for you guys out there. Let me know. You can listen and subscribe to the show on Anchor.fm, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, Breaker, and Pocket Cast. Follow the show on Twitter at Subway to Shea. For Anthony Rivera, I'm signing off this week. Let's go Mets.